Welcome to the Hardwood Hustle podcast where we know and believe in the value of a coach. We're here to educate, empower, and encourage you to lead like never before. Today we welcome to the show Brooklyn Nets guard Theo Pinson. Many of you are familiar with Theo from his time at UNC leading the Tar Heels to back-to-back national championship appearances. Well, I've been a fan of Theo's for quite a while, and in fact, in today's episode, I share in the beginning why I specifically wanted to have Theo on as a guest. He was a target, at least for me, to have on the show, and you'll see why as we go through. You know, I believe you're going to love Theo's perspective and approach to the game. I think you're going to love the way he approaches being a teammate and helping create that winning environment. Coaches, want to encourage you to enjoy today's episode and absolutely encourage you to share it with your players. You're going to want your players emulating Theo's mindset and his approach to the game. So without further ado, let's jump into today's episode with Theo Pinson of the Brooklyn Nets. TJ, we've got Theo Pinson, the Brooklyn Nets guard, former North Carolina Tar Heel, uh, joining us. And, and I... I got to be honest, man, this is someone I've wanted on the, the show, TJ, for quite a while. You know, as most people know, I'm friends with Adam Harrington, assistant coach and uh, director of player development up in Brooklyn. And, you know, it was about a year and a half ago, I went up to visit and I kind of spent the day up in Brooklyn and I was watching uh, one of the games and Adam got me some tickets, but it was a little higher up, so I couldn't really see very well per se, but I, there, was a, there was a gentleman on the bench <laughs> throughout that game that got my attention all game. And later that night, as I'm out to dinner with Adam, I said, hey, I, I couldn't tell who it was, but I said, Adam, who is the guy on your bench that just has this joy, this liveliness, this energy and charisma? And he, like before I even finished, he said, Theo Pinson. It's Theo Pinson. He's amazing. <laughs> Theo, you know, ever since that, man, I've been kind of locked in on you. And, and, you know, I run a leadership organization, so I'm, I'm focused on that type of athlete, you know, that, that behaves that way. I just want to ask you, man, has that always been a part of you, that you've just got this energy and life and charisma to you? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's always been pretty much who I am as a basketball player. If you go from when I first started playing basketball, I, uh, I got more joy out of my teammates doing well than myself. And then, I mean, I think it comes from when my dad, when I was little, I always watched Magic Johnson highlights. You know how he passed the ball to make his teammates better. He always found joy having to make an assist in himself scoring. So I think that's where it came from, just watching guys like that with the, the amount of joy they play with. It makes the game a whole lot easier. Yes, Theo. So what is it? What's it like bringing that out in the NBA? I mean, you're in a pro league. Can you compare those two? Like, what does it mean to do that in high school? What does it mean to do that in college? Like, what does it mean to do that in the pros? Like, your approach of making those people around you better and how maybe it differs at different levels? Um, so surprisingly, like, you know, in high school, kids do that all the time. You got good teammates. You got guys who are always cheering for you, blah, blah, blah college you got the fans you got um you you have a couple of bench players like guys who don't really play that much uh do different types of stuff when their team scores and stuff like that but I, surprisingly in NBA I didn't know why I was a, such a shock that somebody was like 
supporting at the level I was. I mean, it was it was like everybody was like, Theo, you crazy for what you do. I'm like, what am I? I, I truly didn't at first I didn't know what I was doing. I like I was like, I, I'm just cheering for my teammates. I don't think there's anything out of the ordinary. But then I kept seeing it on social media, like the Nets bench is going crazy, blah, blah. I'm like, after look looking back, I'm like, I don't I don't even remember teams having benches going crazy like that other than like the Golden State Warriors, but they were beating up on everybody. So of course they were celebrating. So I mean, I think it's just one of those things where uh I think the Brooklyn Nets organization, uh Kenny Atkinson, our head coach last year, uh just for letting me be me. I mean, they could have easily been like, they are right, relax, you're doing a, you're doing too much. So with Coach Williams in Carolina and uh Coach Atkinson last year and the, the organization this year, um, I can't thank them enough. Just letting them be me. You know, Theo, does it, does it actually make a difference? You know, you know, I think about our work. You know, TJ's a Division II college basketball coach. As I said earlier, I work with teams from a leadership standpoint, and you get a lot of athletes that, you know, when we're talking about how they need to be as a teammate and their energy and, and just how they're contributing in other ways – sometimes they just ignore it, right? They're like, look, I just need to hoop, right? I just need to ball. Yeah. I just need to have my game right. And, and who cares about all that other stuff? I want to ask you as someone who has both, right, has the ability to hoop but also has this other dynamic, does it actually matter? Do you actually find that it's actually benefited your career or made you more valuable or anything like that? Um, I, I would 100% for sure. I mean, especially last year. Like, I was a two-way guy. Um, and I was playing I was playing really well in the G League. Like I was playing really well. And every opportunity they gave me, I took advantage of it. So I was doing all the right things, but there I knew I knew my role on the team. I knew I wasn't gonna be like twenty five minute guy or like fifteen minute guy. Like I was a two way player. So I had to get in where I fit in basically. But I just brought that energy and it wasn't something I was forcing, it was just me. And honestly, I honestly think that's what got me the contract at the end of the year. Um, I end up being brought up for a whole lot more games than I was probably supposed to be brought up because they they saw that the team energy would go way up when I was on the bench because they, they just fed off of it, and the crowd did too. So I just tried to bring that every time I was on the floor. I mean, well, with the team. And – uh in the playoffs, it ended up helping a couple games too. But even though we didn't end up winning the series, but as far as the way we played and the way we needed to play with a lot of energy, it ended up helping. Yeah, Theo. So, how hard is that? You know, you, you go through and you're you're an All American. You're an unbelievable player. You win national championship, and you know, as you level up, you go to some of the absolute best players in the world. And at different roles in your life, when you're in high school, you're this guy. When you're in college, this guy. You're pro. How hard was it for you to accept that role? And why do you think players have a hard time at all levels accepting that role and thriving in the role? Or like Doc Rivers says, starring in your role. Yeah, I think I think you just said it. I mean, just being a uh, all American, you know, guys being all Americans, getting all the in their respective cities, they demand, and it's hard. I mean, I. I I know it's hard. I remember I think it helped me a little bit for going to Carolina. I was I was a guy, top ten in the nation, a McDonald's All American. 
And uh, I was competing with Justin and JP Tokido for the starting position. And I, I didn't get that. I didn't, I wasn't able to get that starting role. And I, I was so caught up in the team winning, which is how I've always been. I mean, like you said, everyone's not like that. I was so caught up in the team winning. And if everyone succeeded, everybody would get rewarded. So I tried to just do what I could when I got in the game to try to make apply pressure to not really apply, but basically apply pressure to the coaches that if we had Theo out there, good things happen. And I wanted to do that as much as I could just to um, affect, affect the game and affect my teammates in the best way I could. I love that line you just shared, Theo. If everyone succeeds, everyone gets the rewards, right? Um, that, that's powerful. I, I hope more players recognize that, right? Because, you know, I think even in light of this last dance documentary that we're watching, right? Like we, Jordan's game elevated when he got his team involved, right? When everybody yeah. started performing, right? He was always great, but it went to another level. And I think even in our everyday teams, right? We need to be reminded, especially younger athletes that, hey, you know, you want that spotlight, you want that offer, you want that look. Well, like, it yeah. will come greater when others succeed. I promise you that. And, and that's yeah. kind of a testament to it. I, I do want to ask you, you know, you had the opportunity to play for Roy Williams, you know, you know, obviously Hall of Fame coach. You know, if you had to kind of pinpoint one or two things from Roy that you just enjoyed and appreciated so much that, that you would love to say, hey, if you're a coach, here's one or two things you should emulate from Roy Williams. What would you yeah. say those one or two things be? Um. First of all, that quote I just said as far as, like, uh, no one, everyone's, if, no one's, basically, if uh, the team succeeds, everyone succeeds. He said that in the first practice of every year I was there. Every year. And I'm sure he did it every other year that he coached that he, he said that. So I think it was one of those things where coaches are real, he implements what, how to, play the right way early. So those first two or three weeks where you're just practicing and we just do, we go over like the plays and we go over like how we want to run, how we want to rebound. Um, and we just do, we do the same thing every single day. And I was literally talking to my, um, my boy the other day. I'm like, it, it was truly amazing to me how everything we went over in practice happened in the game like it never failed so it was one of those things coach he he knew what he was talking about and when it came down to the nitty-gritty coach always just let his players go win the game he's like I recruited you to come win in these moments and I recruited you to have the savvy to know what to do and go out there and play the game and uh I think that's the big thing that people don't people take for granted there's a lot of times coaches sit there like they everybody's like Coach, call a timeout. I recruited this player because he has the amount of savvy that he can get get out of these moments, and that only made us better towards the end of and tournament play and stuff like that. He lets his players make those plays at the end of the game uh, more than a lot of coaches. I mean, you, we run into the ran into it a lot where coaches just call timeouts, want to draw up a play, stuff like that. Coaches like my players make the plays. I'm, I let them go out there and play basketball, and that's what he does. So, Theo, for just a second, we have a, a ton of coaches that listen to this podcast. And, you know, you're talking about Coach Williams and how he made, how he made you feel. Like, what is that What is that feeling? Go a little bit more in depth on that. Like, 
you know, a lot of players don't, you know, a lot of coaches don't give the power over to players. Players don't have the opportunity to learn through those mistakes and to have that ownership. But it sounds like it really, as a player, made you feel empowered, made you feel special. Yes. Um, It's one of those things where coach, coach was a big guy, big, big believer in showing it in practice. Don't go out there and do something crazy in the game he had never seen before. And that, which ultimately made sense. Uh, I mean, you can be by yourself working on it, but um, if you bring it and do it in practice, which you have the freedom to do whatever, whatever you want in practice, and it works. And coach, <laughs> coach used to always say that, all right, if you go and shoot it backwards five times without looking at the goal and it goes in, I'm going to stand up and clap just like everybody else is because <laughs> apparently you're good at it. So, uh, it's one of those things where he just gives you that confidence and practice. Show me a practice you can do it, and show me a consistent rate. He he's not he don't care what you do as long as it helps the team and it helps your teammates get better. Uh, he does he doesn't mind at all. So I think like uh, I know KD says this all the way. It's a, it's about the players really. I mean, coach gives that power to the players. He's like, look, go play basketball. If you're doing wrong, I'm gonna correct you. But um, I recruited y'all to do to come out here and play the way you did in high school, really. Thanks to our friends over at TeamSnap for today's halftime communication tip. Coaches, repeat the name, write the name, remember the name. Being able to reference someone's name is such a powerful tool in communication. But oftentimes we get introduced to name and we forget it seconds later. Coaches, I'd like to enhance our ability to remember names in light of today's episode. So next time someone shares the name, repeat the name in your head. If you've got an opportunity to write it down, write the name. Do whatever it takes to help you remember the name and then reference the name often. In doing so, you're going to show an engagement and a level of respect to that other person that they're absolutely going to appreciate. Hey, coaches, thanks to our friends over at TeamSnap for all their support of the Hardwood Hustle, been ongoing supporters of this Hardwood Hustle podcast for many years. Coaches, I want to encourage you to check out teamsnap.com backslash hustle to learn more about the communication app that could help just get everybody on your team all on the same page from parents, players, admin, etc. Just getting everybody organized. Team Snap can be an incredible asset to your program. Check out teamsnap.com backslash hustle to learn more. And before we jump back in, let's catch up with our stat sheet with our friends over at Shootaway. I think it's fitting with having Theo Pinson on that we go to his stat sheet for today's stat sheet check-in. Theo was one of three UNC players in history with 500 rebounds and 400 assists. Theo scored in double figures 27 times throughout his career. And incredibly, they were 23-4 and four in each of those instances, don't know about you, but Theo needed to go to coach and say, give me the rock. When I score, we win. It was also impressive. Theo led UNC in assists 46 times. But I'm always reminded with assists, it only works when the other person makes the shot. And the other person can only make the shot after they've, in most cases, worked on their shot. Just want to encourage you to check out Shoot Away the Gun often considered the number one tool to help us improve our shot. 
Make sure you check out all the different deals, different offerings that they have, and learn more about how you can get one of their shoot away the guns in your gym today, allowing your team to work on their shot. Now, let's jump back in with Theo and the crew. Theo, I want to ask you about how you manage this particular dynamic of playing with something on the line. And what I mean by that is, of course, anytime you get on the court, there's something on the line, right? Wins and losses. But in light of where you are right now, where you've kind of been in the hybrid position in the NBA, right? G League, two-way contract. How how have you managed – playing with something on the line in the sense that, man, like every time out there, you've got so much pressure, so much on the line, where like almost like your career in your hands at all times. Like if you, you know, if you don't do well, maybe you're not going to get the look, right? Maybe you're going to, how do you get out of the G League up to the next? And and I I find this potential uh, temptation to maybe press more than you should, right? To try to stand Mm. out more. And, And I even think about it, even in like high school where, Kids are trying to find that balance of, you know, they're playing on their high school team. They feel like they need to show out, right, because they're trying to get that scholarship and get that offer and get their stats and their rankings up. So it's almost similar but just different rewards on the other end of it. How do you balance standing out and making an impression but also letting the game come to you and playing within a team environment? And how difficult has that been for you? Um, That's a great question. Uh. I know when I was when I was in, when I was younger, my mom used to always tell me like, "You gotta let the game come to you." When you, like you said, when you force it, you start looking crazy. So, um, it's tough. I'm, I'm not gonna sit here and sugarcoat and act like it's not easy. It's not easy. I mean, not hard to do, but I mean, it's one of those things where you just you gotta just go out there and do what you do best. Um, so. If I'm not a great three-point shooter, if I go out there trying to prove, 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 which I've got caught caught up into before, um, I'm I was subject to it. Prove, prove, prove that I could shoot the three. You start looking crazy, but then once you realize, like, all right, let me go back to doing what I do best, and then over time you got your rhythm and you start. Then you can knock in a couple threes to go to go with it. So I think it's understanding your own game first and then understanding what type of team you're playing on, the type of teammates you have, type of coach you have, and know the leniencies you can have of what you can do on the court. And I think um, that just comes over time, you know, over maturity, honestly. Um, it's not easy to do. Um, so it, 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 it come, it, you got to grow into it. I think everybody has to go through those up and ups and downs and I sure have. So, um, it's tough. Theo, what have you learned specifically like basketball IQ? You know, you learn things in high school and then you, you get to college and you're like, gosh, I wish I knew that in high school. And now you're in the pros and you're like, gosh, I wish I knew that in college. What are some just, you know, I guess maybe uh, hacks, some basketball IQ things that you've learned as you've gone up to different levels that, it, that, that can help players to, to find solutions? There's so There's so much stuff that you can – that you just learn by just playing the game. I think most of it is just playing the game and learning on your own. But then when you don't know something, don't be so prideful and not ask somebody. Um, I think the biggest thing for me as far as in college and in the NBA is just asking vets. I mean, 
having Raymond Felton, uh, Sean May, who was with me at Carolina the last three years, having those guys and all the other vets that came back during the summer and asking questions about the professional game and then what, what they went through in college and the different nuances of the game, I think that helped you out more than anything because more than you believe it or not, you start thinking about what they said in those in those little talks that you have um, during the game. Uh, I know I do. I I probably think the game maybe too much. I'd be overthinking stuff. So um, just trying to find the right balance of um, not being too prideful and asking people who've been there, done it before, uh, how to get better and stuff like that. Yeah, that's good. I'm going to follow that up with, I was speaking to um, one of the Dallas Mavericks assistants not too long ago and asking about Luca and, and Porzingis and the different things they were doing in player development there. It was a very interesting conversation, you know, the mix of like playing, like what you just learned through playing and then getting into workouts where you're making reads, you have to make decisions and then just working out by yourself, just getting your shot better and just getting your handles better you know, as a player, as you've evolved, like what's the right mix of that? Like, is it 50% play and 50% drill or is it 33% reads, 33%? Like how, how do you balance becoming a better player? Um, I would say, I would say it's a 50, 50, both. In my opinion, uh, you can work on your game all you want. I mean, you you, you can. And until you get some live defense and some live play, going up and down, um, different coverages and stuff like that, you, you, you won't learn. You won't understand and go through uh, failure. You got to go through a little failure and a little, uh, little adversity to get better. And I think working on your game and knowing, all right, I've done this enough where I can go to this move and do it well and get my shot off and stuff like that. But then if you don't ever do it against somebody and you think, all right, I can go out in a playoff game and just go do this move. It's not going to work like that. You have to get a little bit of both in, a little bit of both in. And I think that's the that's going to be a big thing. If we even this season, if we do come back, you, we got to have a, a lot of live play because it's going to be what three, four months until since we played against somebody. So it's going to be it's going to be a uh, something new for everybody, really. Hey Theo, you know you don't win national championships. You don't you know, become all ACC or anything like that. You don't get to where you're at without having a level of confidence in your game and, and you as a person. I want to ask you, what do you think, maybe you can pinpoint one, two, three different things that have had the greatest influence on your confidence as a person and as a player? I, I say that just because I, I get a feeling, you know, that there's a lot of players who still don't quite, quote unquote, believe in themselves or, you know, just fully believe that they can do it, right? And they haven't over, they haven't got over that hump yet of confidence, right? To actually believe. Yeah. What what's influenced you if you go back over the years to help give you that confidence? What were some of the things that helped you get over that hump mentally? Um, I think one of, I would say, I don't know if this will sound bad or not, but I remember in college, it's one of those things where you start figuring out how to play hard, but not play too hard where you're just running around with your head, like chick with your head cut off. You, you start to figure out the little stuff as far as like, all right, right here, I can get a little break and 
uh, not have to over rotate and stuff like that. You start fit when you start figuring out what teams are doing before they even do it. That's when that's when personally when my confidence got up as far as like it's it's clicking for me. I'm I'm moving before they even move. I know what's coming, and and personally, I'm a I'm a guy who watches a lot of film. Like I watch old games all the time. Like if you ask my parents, they'd be like. If we walk in the house from work or something, we know Theo and they're watching an old game or doing something with basketball. So I'm I'm a student I'm a student of the game, and I think confidence. Just one day it click. I mean I can't. It's just different for everybody. One day it click, and you just start flowing with it. And once again, I think the biggest reward and all that and the way you can get your confidence the most is winning. Because I, I personally believe 2016 year was a year we lost it. Our, I, I didn't think we could lose. Like, that, that last month we had when we beat Duke in the – at Duke, the uh, win the regular season, then we won the ACC tournament. I, I didn't think we could ever lose because our confidence level as a team, we just believed in each other. It was – it just flowed through the whole team. We could do whatever we wanted. And – we ended up smashing everybody and then ran into Vanilla, Villanova, who was a really good team. So uh, it was it was a fun ride, but I think it's just different for everybody. Yeah, and that was – gosh, that was, that was a great run back-to-back. Those were great years, and that Villanova game was a great game. I mean, yeah. you were part of some wonderful experiences. You know, Theo, when you look at – you know, you're and you're in the thick of it right now. You're in your, you know, you're in your prime of, of your playing career. But it also seems to me, as we alluded to early in the conversation, that you're you're kind of living it up, like you're you're all into this experience, like you're giving everything you have to this experience. Is, is that a conscious decision? I think a lot of times people don't know what they have until it's gone. But you seem For to be approaching sure. your journey like, hey, look, I'm gonna I'm gonna get everything I can out of this. For sure. I mean, it's it's that's literally, and I take that from my dad. Like, I nothing I don't regret anything I've done I don't I live I live to the fullest every single day like I take every experience that I have even the G League championship last year that we ended up falling short with that was one of the most fun moment times of my life just having that group together who was doing everything they can to win it um it was every moment I have I try to live it up I'm, I just know even the two national championship runs we had, we uh we there's this little uh, uh little event they throw for the final four final four teams that uh, they got like games and like activities you can do. All the other teams just sitting there looking mean face, and I took I'm over here getting my team now. I'm like all these games out here, we just gonna sit here and act like we not about to go. Ha- I told everybody, get up. We're going to do something. And we, we're out there playing around, blah, blah. And you and people come up to us and be like, y'all acting like y'all not in the Final Four. Like, we understand where we are. Like, I, I, we understand. But we won't get this moment. We don't know if we'll get this moment again. So I try to – I even, like, you can call the coaches. I, I get them from so uptight. They try to be uptight. I'm like, no. It's not happening. Let's go out there and play the throw the football or something. Because at the same time that that it relaxes you a little bit. It makes you understand where you are and enjoy the moment and just have fun with it. And I think that's when 
teams are at their best when they have fun and they just enjoy every moment they're, they're in. But when the ball gets thrown up, it's business. And I think that's what coach really respected me and my teammates a lot about is that we could, we could, we understood time and place of everything. Man, that, that is great perspective, Theo. I absolutely love hearing you share that. And first of all, I can totally envision the college Final Four teams in that environment, all of them being real too cool, right, to get up yep, and play. exactly. Like, get up and play a game. Will you have some fun for a moment? So I love that you brought it out. And I actually think it's an incredible skill that people can – that they're able to balance focus and fun. That's how I phrase it, right? Like, can you yeah. balance focus and fun? There is time to have fun, but there is time that we need to focus. And you've got to learn how to balance the two, and you've got to embrace both to its fullest with whatever one you're in at the moment. And obviously sometimes they overlap, but Theo, man, I listen, we appreciate you so much. Thank you for taking the time today. And you know, I think people listening to this are going to appreciate your perspective and your personality. And I think you're going to gain some new fans in light of today's <laughs> episode. Cause I know I'll, I'll certainly continue to be cheering you on and uh, room for your success. And just thank you again. Listen, I am Adam. He is TJ. Together we are the hardwood hustle until next time. We are out. Coaches, one last thing before you go. I've got to ask you, if I were to ask your players, are they tired of lacking confidence in their shot? Are they tired of their range with their shot being limited? Are they tired of being inconsistent with their stroke and missing shots they should have made or feeling unmotivated to train or even training hard and just not seeing the results. If I asked them that and asked them if they were tired of it, do you think they'd say yes to some of those things? I'm pretty certain they would. I tell you, that is why the folks over PGC Basketball created the most in-depth shooting course on the planet for players who want to become deadly shooters. They recently rolled out their new online course to becoming the shooter every coach wants and to transform their shot in 14 days coaches i want to encourage you to check out pgc basketball check out more of their new online shooting course and get that connected to your players today their shots will never be the same and this could change the game for them and then in turn change the game for your team check out pgcbasketball.com coaches appreciate you until next time we're out